continue, we're on page 115. And what we're, we're continuing to describe is how is it possible that the Jewish people would sin with the golden calf so shortly after this incredible revelation of God's presence? How is it possible? So up until now, what we've been talking about is the fact that the Jewish people were not doing this to serve the golden calf as an independent power, but rather as like sort of the focus point so that they could better serve God. It's very difficult to relate to God who is so abstract. So it was easier to relate to a power that God has created. So that's what they were serving when they served the golden calf. So we're up to number seven. The defense of their leaders who assisted in the construction of the golden calf is that their intent was purely to expose the sinners from among the believers in order to execute the sinners who worshiped it. In other words, they wanted it to be a clear divide, right? Are you with us or against us? So there was this kind of a push and a pull that was happening. Remember, although they actually wanted to make this golden calf to help in their service of Hashem, it wasn't the right thing to do. They weren't supposed to do that. They were not supposed to be building objects that they would then worship, even if they were only objects as a representation of Hashem. That being said, there were many people who were resisting the temptation and many people were on the fence. So Aaron and Hur said to them, listen, it's up to you, everyone. You can choose, right? Which way do you want to go on this? But let me be clear. If you worship the golden calf, the sin will warrant execution. So they wanted to kind of, uh, you know, uh, survival of the fittest almost, right? Survival of the fittest to become the leaders of the Jewish people, so to speak. They were nevertheless faulted for participating since they caused the rebellion to escalate from the plane of thought to physical action. This sin was not a departure from worshiping the God who took them out of Egypt. Rather, it was a revolt against a fraction of his commandment. So it's not a one of like a, a grand sin. A grand sin, you know, would be a sin that you no longer believe in God. And that's what it seemingly is at first glance. That this is all about idol worship, which is a complete negation of a belief in God. But that's not what it was. They were not saying we don't believe in God. They were saying there are a couple of the commandments we don't want to keep. For God had commanded them not to make images, you know, uh, structures or sculptures that represented God in this world. And they proceeded to make an image. They made a, made a structure, a sculpture. They should have continued waiting instead of relying on their own intellect and making something to concentrate upon and follow. Nor should they have built an altar and offered sacrifices on it. Let's go back for a minute to the previous point. This is such a powerful idea. They should have continued waiting instead of relying on their own intellect and making something to concentrate upon and follow. Where else in the Torah did we have a similar concept where the Jewish people stepped forward and did something before they were supposed to do something instead of waiting for what the time period was set to be? And because of that, there are terrible consequences. And the answer is with the Eitzatas, with the fruit of the tree of knowledge. If they would have waited until Shabbat came in, they would have been permitted to eat from the fruit of the tree of knowledge. But they refused to wait. They thought that they were smarter. They thought that their intellect outstripped God's intellect. And therefore, they ended up eating before it was time, and it brought along disastrous consequences. They were motivated by the seers and astrologers among them, the people who are looking at the stars and thinking that that could determine the future who thought that their actions were based on logic but, and were therefore highly accurate. Okay? So, so as we've discussed in the past, th there are many limitations on human logic, right? And uh, one thing that we think we've found over the last uh, two, two plus years with COVID is that many of the things 
that when you first state them uh, six months ago or a year ago, and people say, follow the science, you conspiracy theorist. And then it turns out that, you know, maybe actually, maybe actually it is true. Maybe the science isn't actually clear yet about it. Which of course, science is never clear until it comes to some level of, um, of clarity. And right now, because it's a pandemic, it is difficult to have a level of clarity. But one thing is for sure, human logic has limitations. But in reality, they were like the fool we mentioned above, who entered the office of the doctor and ended up killing people who normally would have been healed by those very same medicines, right? So we have this very, very successful doctor, the best doctor out there. He's incredible at diagnosing and then compounding prescription medication for individuals, exactly who needs what. He gives them the correct medicine and everything gets better quickly. So someone walks in and says, I could do the same thing. They put on a white lab coat and they say, I'm going to give you hydroxy. I'm going to give you whatever else I'm going to give you. And then everything will be totally fine, right? You're taking the medications that work for this individual and thinking, well, they also have an illness. Okay, I'll give them the same medication, right? But the person who has low blood pressure and you give them the high blood pressure medication, I might kill them and vice versa. But if you give them the right ones, it actually will save. Nevertheless, the nation's intention was not to depart from serving God. On the contrary, they believed they were refining their worship of him. This is why they came to Aaron and revealed their desire to him. He's saying a very powerful idea. Number one, if the golden calf, if the desire of the people in building the golden calf was because they wanted to be like all the other nations and worship idols, why would you possibly go to Aaron, the high priest, of the Jewish people who believes in God and say, please, can you help us? Why would he possibly help you, right? Number two, why would Aaron help them? Why would he possibly help them? He was still guilty though for transforming their thoughts of rebellion into reality. The fact of the matter is ultimately he was not supposed to do that either. And once again, he made a calculation that this was the right thing to do, but it was not what he was supposed to do. And even if his calculation was to expose who are the people who are sinners and who are the people who are not, he still wasn't allowed to do that. It wasn't his command. The reason this sin seems so great in our eyes is because nowadays most nations do not worship images. In those times, however, people were very susceptible because all nations made images for worship. Had their sin been confined to the building of an edifice of their own design for worshiping and focusing on God, for offering sacrifices and otherwise for honoring him, we would not consider it a terrible crime. Okay? So let's say, hypothetical world, we have what is called, in the times in the desert, we have the tabernacle, the mishkan, right, the special place where Hashem's presence would dwell. And then once we came into the land of Israel, a while after we came into the land of Israel, right, we finally built the Beit HaMikdash, the holy temple. Now, let's say the Jewish people said, we want to build a house for God to dwell in, but without following any orders and without following a construction manual, right? Like most men, we don't need a manual. We'll do it without the manual, right? We don't have to follow what the prophets are telling us to do. We can do it on our own, but we're only doing it for the sake of worshiping God and bringing sacrifices. So that doesn't seem like such a bad thing to do. It doesn't seem like such an egregious error as to completely negate the presence or belief in God. What the Kuzari is saying is that's only because that's what in our mentality we're used to the concept of building a temple to worship Hashem or to worship God. That's a universal idea. And therefore, we don't think that's such a big deal. If you told me they did that, even though they weren't supposed to, we wouldn't think it's so terrible. So too, in those days, everybody would build a representation for them to worship. So for the Jews to build a representation for them to worship was not so egregious. It wasn't so terrible. We might even suggest 
I'm sorry. That is because today we do build edifices of our own choosing and we exalt these buildings and draw blessings from them. Fascinatingly enough, or not so fascinating, this is literally today's Dafyomi. Okay, so there's 2,700 blot in Dafyomi. Shirita should be smiling right now unless she didn't do the Daf yet. But in today's Daf, this is literally what we talk about. We talk about how we have a Beit Madrash and a Beit Knesset, a study hall and a synagogue. And when, when they are built and utilized properly with a proper level of respect and with the way in which the rabbis intended for them to be used, Hashem himself dwells in those synagogues. After the destruction of the temple, after the exile, Hashem's presence is found in the synagogues and in the study halls. I did the uh, 30 today. Oh, okay. We so are yes. a bit advanced. We are a bit advanced. There you go. We might even suggest that the divine presence hovers over these places and that the angels congregate around them. Right? Incredible idea. We can build a little shul in Amic Bracha, right? In, in Palo Alto, California, right? And the divine presence can rest in them. So what he's saying is you have to understand, right? We have something similar building a focal point where we can do something for Hashem. And that we don't think of as strange because that's what we do. Let's go a tiny bit further. And were it not for the fact that we need to come together for prayer, this concept would seem foreign. It would be weird if not for the fact that we were praying, we would think it's weird. And so it was during the reign of kings in Israel that the leaders protested against religionists who made temples for worship called bamos, elevated places. The righteous kings of the time used to destroy them in order to prevent anyone from exalting any building except for the temple that God had chosen and designed. Okay, so we'll stop over here for tonight. But the concept being, as he's really hammering home the point, you have to look at everything in the context of its times and in the historical context and understanding exactly what their intentions were. It does not in any way negate the idea that the Torah is explicit about that there was a divine revelation on a magnitude that has never been seen before, right? It will be seen again, by the way. The divine revelation in the times when Mashiach comes will be far greater than the divine revelation at that time. Okay. Take care, everyone. Be well. Good night.